Time has passed. It's now October, and Calgary has decided it's winter, with already half a dozen snowfalls, and the temperature dropping below zero. I am reluctantly working snow shoveling into my routine, but it is a constant and never-ending task. It's the season when introverts like me thrive. Time to stay indoors, put on some tea, grab a book, and shut out the outside world.、Uh, oh, wait. That's what I've been doing for the past five months. Anyway, I'm about to call a fellow introvert, my friend Carson, who has had maybe the most interesting quarantine experiences I've heard. He's a law student, writer, deep thinker, and someone you can easily talk to for hours. Hey Carson, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mommy? I'm good.、Um, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. It's kind of funny that、uh, we're talking now by phone, but you actually just recently moved moved to Calgary, so we're in the same city now. Yep, we're separated by a few miles. Actually, I'm not sure how close your neighborhood is. Um. Yeah, I think we're just like 15 minutes away, so it's kind of ironic.、Nope. Do you have a full studio setup for future podcast? I'm pretty like DIY right now. It's the microphone and then my phone. So <laughs> minimalist.、Go、yeah. <laughs> Basically, I just wanted to talk to you about like your creative process, and then maybe maybe we can start with where you were when COVID struck, because I know you. We're off the grid for a while as well. Yeah, that's one way to put it. You mean with the summer and everything? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess I had a unique COVID experience actually, kind of in that way. So. Yeah. So、yep. you you were、yep. in Vancouver in March, so that's kind of like when everything went haywire. Mm-hmm. So then I got the email from the dean to put my feet up. Uh, not come back to school, but I anticipated that because everything was starting to shut down. Yeah. So being a slacker, being a slacker, I took the Friday off, anticipating that on the weekend we would get the green light to stay home. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, you had a hunch. <laughs> so you were in Vancouver, and so you you were so you're in law school right now at UBC. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that was in March. You only had a few months left, and then you kind of were planning. Your your summer, right? Yep, that's exactly right. So then I had pretty much just、uh, was it mid March when everything happened? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then I pretty much got to put my feet up for a month and a half, and then went tree planting on May eleventh. So that, like you said, kind of I kind of had a different experience from other people. I think because then I actually got to go be pretty social in a way. 
in a, uh, yeah. I should alarm all of your listeners, in a way that was very still, like, high restriction. Like, it was my first year tree planting, and normally you're allowed to go into town and just eat yeah. lunches and dinners with whoever, but we had, it was very, like, stiff in its own way. But that being said, like, we were still able to, I probably just was a lot more social by default than people who weren't tree planting, frankly, because we were still just surrounded Yeah, you, you were, like, in a little bubble. And word for it. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like almost like you were in a COVID bubble, but then you were also in like your yeah. own social bubble away from yeah. COVID. So in a way, Definitely. it's like COVID didn't really exist to a certain extent. Oh, right? not at all. Simple ways of like we had to wear handkerchief masks, uh, oh. etc. Like as we and we had to like drive it with the same people in the cars. Oh, okay. Day, so so there was a lot of small things, but in other ways, like I was, I'm like was probably more social than I had been for, like, the entirety of law school, almost, in a funny way. Yeah. Without doubt, I was. How, how did you decide to do tree planting? What was that thought process? Mm, I think it was kind of two. There were a couple different things in tandem. One was I just, like, law school can be pretty heady. I'm going to try to tell you we not uh, <laughs> shit on my, uh, on my program, too too much. I think that I was like just a bit exhausted by the headiness and the stress levels of law school in a lot of ways and definitely like I've always known that I'm not really an academic so it's kind mm-hmm. of a deliberate move of like cool I want to do something totally opposite of what I'm doing right now because this isn't satisfying to me and then I thought outside hard labor with my hands seemed like a step kind of a 180 a yeah. deliberate 180 yeah and also, also, I just wanted to try and build some work ethic because I'm a pretty self-aware slacker. So it was like <laughs> I kind of snuck, I kind of snuck pretty far. Like I was 20, I had just turned 27 in April, yeah. and I kind of snuck that far without really ever having to do like a full hard day's work. If you know what I mean? I know what in you like mean. The tradi- yeah. In like the traditional way, you know, just like oh, a hard day's work. I just had no idea what that even was. Deliberate in that way too of just like really wanting to try and cultivate some work ethic or tap into work ethic because I would mm-hmm. just notice that I didn't have the same work ethic as my peers, which I think just comes from my nature of finding the path of least resistance, which obviously like I can still find little successes in my own mm-hmm. way, but it, it felt like I could, and it still can be more successful just with higher work ethic, I think. Yeah. And also to make friends because I had some great friends in law school, but just I kind of had a hunch that it was the whole 180 thing. It was like, this isn't quite hitting all my needs. And I just wonder if I took a step in the opposite direction, what I would find. Totally. Yeah. It sounds like you wanted to get out of your head and like into your body almost. Like, well said. Yeah. Summary. yeah. Um, and I, I can see the appeal of that. I know, mm-hmm. like, especially at school, when you're in such a rigorous academic setting, like, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And so tree planting was, mm-hmm. yeah, an, an escape in that sense. Yeah, 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 you know that about me. You know me well. Like, I can, my whole world can get in my head. So I'm glad you say that, put it that way, because I have no uh, hesitance to say that it was also, like, part of it was mental health, too. And being like, I think yeah. just being outside using my body, breathing fresh air would probably just be literally good for me as well and my mental health as well.
I'm interested if if you thought about this at all in terms of creativity. You're a writer and a poet. I don't know if you see yourself in that way. I certainly do. And so I'm wondering, like, by going and deliberately isolating yourself from academia and having this escape, were you hoping to be more creative? Was it more you just wanted to get away from kind of that academic environment? Yep, I think it was more the latter. I remember mm-hmm. telling people that, like, I've kind of done that a couple times in my life, so just a feeling of, like, I just need to literally leave society, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I think both times I've done that, I think there's probably, like, maybe an underlying, like, I think auto- there's that automatic, like, adventure is kind of part of your creative side, I think, maybe. Yeah. that makes sense? Yeah. I, like, I, the call to it. But I think it would be more the latter of your options where, like, it that part wasn't deliberate. It was a great mm-hmm. bonus that once I was out there, I was like, wow, I'm so like uplifted and inspired by nature. And that part wasn't deliberate. That was like a really fun yeah. bonus, kind of. So it was like almost like a byproduct that you weren't expecting, like yeah, to be inspired. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think then it was funny to just see this shift. I think I started doing that when I got my typewriter and started writing more in January, mm-hmm. I noticed that I started writing more about just like the robins on my balcony and the mountains I could see. And it was a funny thing where I didn't really used to write about nature that much. Yeah. So I wasn't really, that part wasn't deliberate. And then like in scribbling in my notebook all summer, I just found like, wow, I'm just writing about like plants and shit. Can I, <laughs> sorry, can I curse on here? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so no, definitely a, definitely a byproduct but a pleasant one where it felt nice and like it was like oh sweet there's a lot to just talk about in a funny way and a lot to connect like the talking mm-hmm. about these things seem to connect to my inside world if that makes sense yeah you were in the right spot to observe both nature and kind of your inner workings i don't know if that's the yeah, right word I guess but, so. and then like, yeah then you see that they run parallel which makes sense out loud because we're part of nature, which maybe is like the ultimate lesson that I only now learn as you verbalize it, that like we are, it was nice to remember that we're part of nature, I think. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really lovely. You can't always get it in a city. Yeah. Yeah. So do you miss it now or are you happy it's, it's over? Uh, I'm glad, oh, I'll loop the thought back to that. I was saying a few of us were talking because I'm living with tree, tree planters now and we're talking and I think like I certainly miss the culture. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got lucky because I managed to kind of like hold on to a lot of my favorites, and now I'm living with some and a few more down the street and stuff like that. So yeah, it's not, it's not that I I'm still with them. You're and still in that community. Good, but I, so. I kind of miss the um, I miss having to get out of bed early. I think there's something to be said about an early start to your day, like a kick in the butt in the morning. Yeah, I think I miss yeah I miss parts of it, but like the work itself. Yeah, we were just talking the other day, and like a couple of us are like. Hell no! Like it just wasn't quite worth the like toll of the like. Yeah, so you wouldn't just, do it again, basically. Yeah, I think I would if I couldn't find if I can't find employment. Okay, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I keep saying it's door number three. There's like three doors, I think, and that's like the third door. If I if the other okay. door lost, I think. Yeah, so it wasn't like grueling to the point where I would never tell nobody to do it. But it also, I can't say I miss. Um, climbing over logs and hurling myself through. Yeah, it does sound like pretty slam trees into a miserable <laughs> for certain at certain points for sure.
Uh, let's go back a second. So you said you bought a typewriter in January. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, I also have a typewriter and I feel like it definitely changes the way I write. Yep. How do you feel the typewriter changed how you write poetry or even stories? Oh, I don't get this. Can I tell my whole typewriter? Yes. Feel? Yeah, please. Like, from that, yeah, dope. So there's that place. I'll even, like, boldly rep it for you and maybe you can get <laughs> huge advertising funding from, from them. <laughs> but that uh, regional assembly of text pre-COVID, you could go just hammer on their typewriters, as you probably know. Yeah. In fact, maybe you or somebody took me there the first time. You might have even... Yeah, um, no, I know anyway, that store yeah, well. So, it's it's great. Yeah, on Main Street. Yeah, that's the best. yeah, so you just pay for paper. So you just pay for like, you pay like 50 cents for like a strip of paper and then you can just hammer a letter or a poem or whatever on the typewriter. So I did that for like a full year and then suddenly got some Christmas money. And I thought that a typewriter would be like a thousand bucks. So I just never even thought about <laughs> buying one. And then yeah. I was like, hold on. I love to type at that shop and it brings up some excited like, I get excited to use a typewriter. Yeah. So I just, it was kind of an experiment of, like, if I bought my own typewriter, I think it would increase my output because I would just... Yeah. It's more it's more pleasure in writing, so I think I would increase output and therefore just get better strictly just by, like, math of, like, if I increase my output and write 100 pages instead of mm-hmm. 10, then there's just going to be more pages that are good at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yes. That's kind of how I thought about it. And I think it paid off yeah but then to talk about the actual like stimulation itself I think it's like a feedback loop for me where there's something pleasing to me about the mechanics of it I was saying this to my friend who uh, mm-hmm. we also bought a typewriter for after tree planting and he agrees it's just like there's some kind of stimulating like feedback loop where it's like punch 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 like it's a whole there's yeah. like, uh, like, like a sound, sound feedback yes. a feeling under yeah. your fingertips it's very interactive yeah and then I think it's fun to get in, like, the rhythm where you're kind of chasing a thought, like, punch, 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 kind of chasing it with, like, almost creating a tempo as you yeah. type, like, creating an audio. You get really excited and you really want to hammer a line home, and the best part is it's not like a keyboard or pencil, like, you can steal your enthusiasm. You're like, oh, this is a big word coming up, or this is a big thought I just had, then it's like, punch, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like a yeah. big feedback loop of, like, you can hear your enthusiasm and feel it under your fingertips for that part. Quite satisfying. Yes, yeah. super cheesy, but it's true. I can't deny. It. Like it's great. Yeah, I love that feeling, and you can't get it really nope. on your laptop or anything. Like it's so unique. Nah, you really can't. Yeah. That's what I was gonna ask if you do. You agree? Like, do you find the same thing? I think so. Yeah. Also, the only purpose of a typewriter is to write, whereas like if you are oh, on your yeah. laptop, you can just so easily get distracted by like your email <laughs> or like the internet, and so. Having like a an object where it's like okay, this is the clear purpose of what you're supposed to be doing right now. Um, nope. That helps me because I, I get distracted easily. So, yeah. That's something I never actually considered, but I like that a lot. I didn't. Yeah, like if you bust up the typewriter and set it on the table or whatever, that's all. That's all you can even do with it. You can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, what, what color is yours? Uh, mine's blue. Nice. Same. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's sort of like that old-timey, like, turquoise color. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Mine's more like a baby, like a soft sky blue. Oh, that nice. sounds great. After COVID, we'll have to line them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, clack. So, yeah, so I guess I should mention that we both 
like we met through creative writing like at, in our undergrad um yeah, i think we met in quidditch oh yes that's true yeah so <laughs> sorry to call you out <laughs> no well, yeah quidditch. yeah so we were on we were both like big harry potter fans and so we joined um our school quidditch team <laughs> And then oh, yeah. um, it just happened that we were both also in creative writing classes. So I guess my question for you is, like, looking back, do you feel like as a writer you've changed focus? Because now you seem pretty more interested in, in poems. Hmm. Or was that always your your genre of choice, would you say? No, not at all. That's a good question. Yeah, I think it did change. The program altered my course in a lot of ways. I think I went in, I was one of, like, I think a subclass of creative writers. Maybe you can, like, vouch for that. There are, I shouldn't, like, put everybody in boxes, but I did yeah. do that with everything. But I think that I quickly realized I was, like, part of the kind of subgroup of, like, I'm going to write the next big, like, young adult sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, novel. I definitely, <laughs> you know I, mean? no, I was then, like, like that, too. <laughs> and then just forever, like, for the whole two years, I'll be just writing, like, the same first two chapters over and over. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Being like, hold on, I'm not actually, there's no novel here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think Foot for me was actually in our peers, and I think that we befriended and admired a few similar mm-hmm. poets, were, like, yeah. kind of dipped in, dipped their toes in the same kind of friend group. So I think you can, obviously won't, like, name names, but I think you, like, know who I'm talking about. When yeah. I, like, the people that I admired and befriended, I kind of quickly identified, or noticed that those people carried themselves as poets and identified themselves as poets and seemed to really, like, kind of get a lot of, out of writing poetry. Yeah. And then I kind yeah. of, like, in a silly way, like, at that time, it was almost like I would have just said, like, those are the cool cats. Those are the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. And now it's more like, with some distance it's more like no I think beneath that I also recognize that like I liked their work the best and they gave me the best feedback and something about it made me want to mess around with that because I never really had yeah and I th- then same like, but I think I actually like literally didn't really start writing poetry until I got the typewriter I think that I was still writing like prose before that like post school mm-hmm. pre-typewriter I was writing prose I'm only realizing this now this is such a good question my friend because i'm only realizing now that like i actually don't think you could find any poetry on my laptop yeah I it's because all in, I, it's all right in front of me here in a stack of, of yeah that's crazy uh, yeah i've noticed that about you because um like we both kind of read each other's work and i noticed mm-hmm. a, a definite shift to poetry in the last year or so so that's so interesting that's so weird it's also like i'm also a hack because i don't even read poetry which is really funny. <laughs> Like, I still read prose, like, I just grabbed a big fat book from uh-huh. the library. Like, I mostly just, if I want to read, I read fiction, always. Yeah. So that's wild, man. I never really thought about it. I think in a way it was, like, um, like not defeat, but just acknowledgement of, like, all right, I'm not really getting anywhere with, like, my prose, or not satisfied with it. So I'm not sure if it was just, I think it literally just came from, like, the joy of the typewriter, and, like, yeah. not always having some big idea that I was trying to write a first chapter about, but just sitting there at my desk with the typewriter and just, like, pumping out a thought. The typewriter, I think, lends itself almost better to po- poetry, like, because as you were saying, like, the rhythm and everything, and it's just so easy to put a page into the typewriter, and then when you pull it out, it's done. You know, it's like yeah, finished. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. Complete, like just a nice little complete thought. 
Yeah. Their observation or expression. Yeah, I think there's some credence there. Yeah, that's funny. I can't document it. I think it's just some weird, like, Carson uh, yeah. shift. Yeah, like you I just felt like better. writing. And I think it's also strengthening my prose to write poetry, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the two definitely complement each other. I, yeah, I think you can definitely be both a, a fiction writer and a poet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, it's almost like poetry gives you a, a break from thinking linearly or, or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what I like about it, too, is you can kind of, like, then if you have ten that you don't mind, you can arrange them and be like, cool, do these flow in a way that, like, it's not prose, but is there kind of like still a loose narrative here? Which yeah. often I find there is just in what I've done, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of satisfying. Yeah. I think that like, if it's not jumping too far ahead, I feel like that's what I'm interested in doing right now is trying to like, I feel like our, like, art is changing and society's changing and our attention spans are changing and I feel like what I almost want, like I'll read my own stuff and be like, cool, some part of me is satisfied by these small doses, like mini stories and many mm-hmm. thoughts but then a bunch a bunch of them in a row for kind of like a prosy poem like i think there's room to mess around right now with yeah. how we interact with art specifically reading because like reading i don't i don't know like like my younger brother reads a little bit but i feel like people just don't don't love reading long shit anymore it's kind of <laughs> yeah, my observation sad. yeah so i feel True. like there's room to mess around as writers right now and with people's like attention spans and and uh, like addictions mm-hmm. to media and stuff like that, and be like, here's a brief dose of minimalistic uh, narrative. I don't know if that makes sense. No, yeah, that's a great observation because it is that it is the truth. Our generation, I don't think we read as much. It's just true. Yeah. So I think it's just the dopamine fix. Like we can get so much dopamine so fast from other stuff. Social media has like changed mm-hmm. everything, and um, mm-hmm. but I I think that's cool. Like. Poetry can be short and sweet, but also, like, pack a punch. Yeah. Maybe it's having a comeback. Poetry isn't dead. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> but like I said, I'm a phony because I don't even read poetry anyway. I just read my friends. Do you read much? Like, I don't read many, like, living alive writers. That's something I always think about. Then I'm like, dang, I should go to the library and read some stuff by people who are actually alive. And then I'll just flip, like, just... <laughs> like fire through yeah like, dump through some shit and be like <laughs> yeah I, I think but i'm just too fussy i think yeah like i do sometimes just like wander into the poetry section and like read kind of like oh. excerpts from people yeah someone i really like is fred waugh yeah he's a canadian what's the last name uh, waugh w-a-h cool yeah he's a canadian poet oh, and yeah. um his stuff is is pretty minimalist and also focused really on nature. So I really love, cool. like, it's very easy to read, but it's, I also feel like it's profound. So, yeah, I like sometimes just flipping through, like, even if I don't read the entire volume, like, just to be inspired a little by, like, having it on my desk just to, like, look at. Yeah. Yeah. What usually inspires you to write? Is it just a feeling? Yeah, I was anticipating this question, and I only have an <laughs> answer ready because of yesterday, because I wanted to write. My brother encouraged me to try and, like, just write something every day. 
Oh, yeah. I've been trying to do that only for like a week. Well, I usually try to do that anyway, but I feel like when summer ends, I naturally like autumn just like nerf some of my enthusiasm and I just kind of like flop around. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but I won't, but my brother's like, hey, just write something every day or whatever. So I feel like it was easy the first few days because I had enough maybe on my brain, like in the reserves, to like reach out and be like, oh, I've been thinking about just this visual lately that I can write about today or this thought. Yeah. But yesterday, yesterday I had nothing, and it then, and same with a couple days ago too, and I found myself both days just reaching to like a happy memory that was very visual, like mm. a happy, I guess they were all both happy outdoor memories as like a starting point, and yeah. then kind of just like starting with the thing, the pleasing image, and then I guess going from there into a bit of like narrative about what I was doing or how I felt when I was yeah. there. Um, is that a decent answer? I know, definitely. That's, that's kind of like, I observed that in myself only yesterday. I was like, oh wow, when I didn't have much to write about, I think it also depends on what you want to write, because like in both those instances, I wanted to write something uplifting, mm-hmm. even though I didn't really have anything, so it's like, hmm, how can you, like, yeah, so then I went to, I guess, like a happy Yeah, like you memory. accessed a memory that felt sensory, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and also uplifting, because mm-hmm. I think I've been talking to my, I don't think writing has to necessarily be uplifting, but I think lately I've been thinking, it's like what you said about, I liked your word choice a minute ago, like, easy plus profound. So it's like a profound doesn't have to necessarily be uplifting or happy, but I think like almost by default, like the most profound stuff has that little glimpse of like, oh, like that's hopeful. I feel yes, good now. Yeah. You know? I don't I, feel bad after reading that. Yes. I feel, I feel like uplifted in some way, maybe not necessarily like because that was super joyous and happy, but just like the, maybe the touch. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. I think my favorite poetry are ones that like, I feel, oh, wow, like that was great. Like I feel like prepared to do something or like I'm, ha- I'm happier oh, nice. now or something. I mean, obviously poetry can be used to reflect like sadness and anger, like, and For there sure. are beautiful Common ones. Grief that, and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think... I'm similar to you and like when I'm writing a poem, it's more to like cheer myself up, remind myself of of something that yeah. was nice. Yeah, I think that's what gets yeah. me most excited too. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. And I think that's newer for me too. I feel like I used to like if I was bummed I would just write a big bummer saying <laughs> Yes, but yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you're like, that's pretty good, but it's a huge bummer. <laughs> <laughs> um but, which is okay too. I think it's all okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess you're mainly writing poems right now. Is there anything else kind of like creative that you've been toying with? My ultimate goal is kind of having this narrative thread with these poems that I've been writing. Yeah. And I think there's kind of a thread looming. And I think that like, it's nice to, because the fiction guy and me still likes to have a couple wacky characters. So I think within these poems, I've kind of have these characters that are really just kind of sad yeah. myself and stuff like that. So I think there is kind of like, it's nice to, um, I'd be curious to hear if you relate to this, but it is nice, even if it's kind of like a fantasy or like a, mm-hmm. like without putting, without putting too much thought into it, it's nice to kind of have that loose, like, oh, this is kind of like, I'm still building to maybe something a bit bigger here, if that makes sense. It's yeah. kind of a nice thought, I think. Not so much a collection, but a, a cohesive a bit of a narrative. thread. Yeah. yeah, narrative. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. And I find that some days it's like, 
like for example yesterday I was like oh I don't have like a scene or like a thing that I think is part of the narrative so that I drew from that happy memory but it was satisfying that then like after that I was like oh no I can see like I could easily sneak this verse in here mm-hmm. and I think it like still flows as kind of like it's the same viewpoint so it's still the same it still kind of works if that makes sense yeah yeah I think which is so. kind of satisfying I think yeah, that's exciting. I I mean, I'd be so excited to read this. It sounds amazing. And I feel like you've been able to pick like, like certain things from your life and like distill them into, into poems. So, yeah. yeah. Is that what you, like, do you write about you most of the time? Yeah. I'm not trying to find that. No, I, um, I think I do. I've been trying to not write so much about me because I find then I get too, I don't know, bogged down in it. But I... Mm. Like, I'm trying to write more about things that happen to me, like, outside of myself to just observe, okay. like, little moments. Oh, I, nice. Where you're still the interpreter for us, kind of? Yeah. I find when I write just about myself, I feel like it's too too much of me or something. Like, I'd rather be, like, a background mm-hmm. character in the poem or something. Word. I recall our dear mutual friend saying something very similar. Like, too much of me. Yeah. I think I can resonate with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's interesting how people have their own, own process. Well, that's interesting. So you've been working on that. So now you're in Calgary. So you were in law school in, in Vancouver, and then you went on this, yeah. like, exciting kind of, like, tree planting adventure. And then now you're yeah. here. What do you, what do you hope to do next, if that's not too big of a question? <laughs> uh, like, literally, as in, like, life? Oh, um, or even, like, creatively, where, where do you hope, even figuratively, where your journey might go? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. As I mentioned, like, I feel like fall suppresses me in a funny way. Mm-hmm. Just like, of, like, I think it's natural, though. Like, I think everybody's energy goes down, I think, yeah. when it gets cold and shit. So I think, like, thinking ahead gets tougher in this little, like, mini part yeah, of the year. that's true. So I think right now it's, like, I think in an ideal, like, I think that writing and life-wise, I feel this pull. East, I feel like there's kind of the party happening in Canada from word of mouth seems to be like, I think like publishing-wise, maybe more like Toronto located and maybe like expression-wise, even like Montreal located seems to kind of be this weird current that loose trying to tap into, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, So I think like in a a silly like spur-of-the-moment way, where do I want to see myself? I want to see myself like writing and participating in some kind of arts thing like wherever that is. We both have wanderlust, basically, I think. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, that's a good way to put it. I literally just want to go east and check it out first to see if it's like a thumbs up from the universe you know what I mean yeah but but even that feels like I wouldn't get the right I wouldn't get a true dose right now just because of the circumstance I think I mean maybe your writing inspiration has has benefited from isolation too in a funny way in the springtime I benefited from it because I think I was getting a bit sick of just like the headiness as I mentioned of university in general I think I've never yeah. It's funny that I even went back because I feel like I've never really vibed with the headiness of university. Yeah. So for me, I think I actually, like, my mental health 
bite from that including when I got an email saying I could just put my feet up in my crib and just relax and all with the self-awareness of like the privilege I had where like mm-hmm. I had a crib I was a student so I didn't have to worry about my income my family wasn't in the same province so I didn't have to worry about I didn't have like direct responsibility to them kind of thing you know what I mean yes yeah so just because of like I have the awareness to say that like obviously COVID was disastrous for Oh, for sure, yeah. But but as far as just the actual isolation goes, yeah, you're not wrong. It kind of like gave me a space to get back in touch with myself. Introverts have gotten some time on their hands to be like, cool, how can I get back in touch with myself and create a nice space Mm -hmm. here where I'm trapped anyway? Yeah. It's tougher than you think. Yeah. I feel like people, I won't speak for everybody, but even me, it's tough to like suddenly your private space becomes a like, not a source of stress, but just not a haven either. And it's like, yeah, it's nice to like make your, your private space may as well be the place where you feel really safe and relaxed, I think, if, if you can, if you're lucky enough to have, have, a, have a space to yourself. We're all making our own private spaces. Like, I think that's so true for artists mm. as, as well. Oh, that's so true, yeah. Like, the space within a space where I mm-hmm. make my space to vibe in. And then bust out the typewriter. It's like, cool. Here's my even like here's my even more secret private space where I want to where I want to feel really yeah. safe when I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is there anywhere anything you want to plug to you know my my listeners? <laughs> um, uh, oh man, my brother did just make me uh make an uh, Instagram for my for my writing and uh you <laughs> asked me if i want to read anything and i really don't because i'm too shy oh that's but okay if anybody wants to if anybody wants to read my uh my bullshit it's uh iron underscore daffodil on the old instagram okay iron awesome cool but and yeah it's nice to share though like i think it is nice to because it is my little brother like i said who's like hey why don't you just do this and i'm like eh, it seems kind of cheesy and he's like it's no loss like it's like either you uplift someone with a little thing that you threw up there or you just don't and it's fine so it's like yeah i think that's just it's a funny i'm not sure if you can if you feel the same but i definitely resist the sharing part even if i'm really excited about something i might send it to like one or two people like i've sent you some photos of like oh i think this one's good how do you you know it doesn't make you feel good i think beyond that it's funny to like identify a bit like be like I think I identify as a writer but I don't really want to share (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I totally get that like there is a shyness like once you create Uh something it's so personal right like it's hard to to let go of it yeah vulnerability but it's nice to like I think ultimately that's probably beyond the vulnerability I'm sure that's what we all want to do eventually is like have something good enough to share with everybody else well, thanks so much, Carson. Um, this has been really nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll fun. see you soon. Great. I hope you have a good day. Yeah. On that typewriter. Yeah, you too. Okay. Nope. Talk to you soon. Right on. Bye. Yeah, thanks, this episode inspired me to get out in nature. I think there is something to be said about stepping out of your head and reminding yourself that you can physically interact with the world. That may seem obvious, but I think artists tend to focus more on what is cerebral and can be accustomed to overthinking. At least, that's true for me. And like Carson experienced tree planting, a breath of fresh air can go a long way. I'm your host, Bormay Zanke, and this podcast was produced by myself 
in my bedroom somewhere in suburbia. Special thanks to Carson Fritzler for joining me today on this episode. And thank you to all of you who have been listening each week. I love hearing your comments and feedback. You can find me at Creativity Calls Pod on Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos and show updates. Please take care, and I hope you're staying inspired and safe in your corner of the world.